This is the Better Life, Better Work Show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm a life and self-leadership coach for authentic and ambitious small business owners and professionals. I show up here in your ears as a transparent leader doing the same inner and outer work that you are. I'm here to remind you that you're probably a gardener and not a machine and that soft, sustainable and soulful success is actually available to you on your own terms. Emotional presence and wellness are also available to you as someone who juggles both an amazing business and a beautiful life. I'm here to remind you that more is not better, better is better. Welcome, soulful people. This is episode number 169 of the Better Life, Better Work show. And I have a shorter episode today on how to heal disconnection and rejection and suffering in a world of overwhelm and problems. I hope you enjoy. Hey, <clears throat> let's see, it's uh, Wednesday. <laughs> and I know last night I went to bed um, feeling the weight of the world, feeling an experience of caring too much and not being able to help enough. Um, and I've talked to a couple clients this week that have just felt the weight of responsibility of so much going on in both their personal lives and in the world. And then they feel guilty for complaining. And I want to share something with you that absolutely helps. This won't be super long, but stick with me because I know this will help. Um, one, of, one of the things I did notice is, hi, y'all watching. One of the things I did notice, and so many of my clients are this way, I'm this way too. Like I have written down to talk to my therapist this week about my good girl syndrome, needing to do it all right and needing to be good at it. And something in my brain says the only opposite is being a bad girl. And I think there's a middle place. And so many, 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 many of my loving, wonderful, heart-centered people, y'all, we're over-functioning. You are carrying responsibilities, especially emotionally, that are not yours. Because you are afraid of the disconnection that may come when you disappoint people. So I want to share something. I am learning so much from this like profound from this uh, Gabor Mate class on compassionate inquiry. <sighs> Children have a biological primary need to be cared for, for connection, for attachment, right? Some of you may have heard of like attachment theory and psychology and therapy, whatever. Like we as human beings have the need for attachment and attachment is to be cared for. And then as we get older, we also have the biological need to care for others. What happens though is this journey of authenticity, and I'm not talking as an adult, right? Way back when we're little, we want to be ourselves, but we be or do something that we're just doing biologically as a baby. And we experience a withdrawal of connection from our caretakers, right? The attachment is detached. And it doesn't necessarily, like, obviously some people experience a disconnection intentionally and abusively. 
But even, even to like, I don't know, let's say you're a baby and your mom needs to pee for a moment and she leaves you in your little cradle and for a minute she's going to pee. And so she's disconnected from you because she's peeing and you're a baby not experiencing your biological need. It is impossible for us to actually give the amount of connection, especially little that we biologically think we need, right? That we need. So he says, authenticity versus attachment. The authenticity drive will get sacrificed every single time when it is threatened by attachment, right? And I want to change that word to disconnection. Every single time, our authentic nature, when it is threatened with being disconnected, rejected, that connection withdrawing. Our little brain says, I won't be loved, and so I suppress. And then we create all these beautiful coping mechanisms so that we're accepted, so that we're loved, trying to get connection. And recently... I don't know, last six months, I did a short um, speaking thing on a video call for this group of, I don't know, 50 people. And one of the reviews was like, that woman is angry. She needs a therapist. And she was exactly right. I am angry, but I love my anger. Here's what I'm angry at. I'm moving past my anger, but I'm angry that we've been taught to disconnect from ourselves. And it just happens. So what happened? What we, what we, what can you do about it? First of all, a lot of us are all trying to solve problems from like the chest up, right? Your shoulders are tired. Your neck's tired. We're trying to solve problems all up here and it's exhausting. I listen to my client tell stories about some of her family members and her adult children. Um, her adult children are needing something from her and the insecurities drive her nuts. And I said, honey, your own insecurities drive your nuts. Let's meet your own anxiety in your own energy. Of course, we can't stand to be present with somebody when they're anxious, when they're troubled, when they're worried, when they're complaining, because we haven't held our own anxiety, troubles and complaints. And the personal development world, why am I pissed? Man, I love the personal development world, but we've been teaching people to reject parts of ourselves. And so if you want to actually feel better and feel capable, your job is to connect. I did not say fix. I did not say overcome. Your job is to give sweet, connected presence with the parts of you instead of shoving them down. One of the things I saw um, this guy do in, in the first set of this class is like, I don't know, the first eight hours of the class is a weekend workshop. And I love the way he facilitated. And he said, you know, everybody's going to have their different experience. Some of you guys are going to think I'm nuts. Some of you guys are going to, uh, I'm totally corrupting his words. He read three letters. And, you know, one person loves the experience, the next person hates the experience, wants their money back, and the third pe- person is like, why is everybody so emotional? And what I love that he did, he's like, you all are going to have your own experience according to your mind. 
I'll be delivering the same, but everybody's going to have their own experience. So he's reminding them to own their experience, whatever it is. And then the second thing he said is if you're unhappy or you have a concern or you're bothered, don't leave it in your body. Yeah, I get angry because I still suppress things in my body. It doesn't mean they need to be expressed everywhere with everyone, but I'm learning what are the right ways to not reject myself, to not reject my angry parts, to not reject my complaining parts. <laughs> We've been taught to reject ourselves, so no wonder we're exhausted. We're deleted. And so on this video in my class, he showed a scientific study where a doctor had a baby baby was interacting with its mother probably eight nine months old interacting with its mother they're connected they're they're really emotionally and energetically connected and just delighting in each other pointing cooing babbling and then as a part of the experiment and this was horrifying the mother stayed physically there but withdrew her presence and you could see the baby start to squirm and you could see the baby start to gasp for connection. It was really difficult to watch. And what I saw is all of us gasping for connection. Gasping for connection. Connection is the opposite of rejection. So many of my behaviors are still subconsciously rooted in not wanting to be rejected. And when I notice it, instead of thinking, oh, fuck, I'm doing it wrong again, I just go, oh, hi, sweet one. I see your excruciating insecurities, and I am here with you. And not just in my head. Gasping, right, Steph? The world is gasping. But we're trying to solve the problems up here when we first have to connect with ourselves I recently had an experience, one of the first times, of getting news I did not expect and not going into drama about it. I felt it, but it was connected with me. And it was when Clementine, you know, we, Leroy has uh, like four heart conditions. He's in massive heart failure. He's got meds. He's stabilized. But we're like, oh, damn, Leroy's dying. Oh, you know, we've just lost one dog. We have the second dog dying. And then all of a sudden we think, you know, we think Clemo has a little arthritis in her hip and she's got bone cancer. And as the doctor said, if Clemo's got bone cancer, Leroy's heart disease is fine. Clemo is acutely, this is a problem. And I noticed, I was like, why didn't I freak out? Why didn't I freak out? Like, am I sad? Yes. Am I trying to gather information about treatment? Yes. But I noticed I never left my body. I stayed in my core. I stayed in my center. I stayed present with myself. It's not an easy practice. And I'm not talking meditation. I'm not talking leave the world and go out and meditate, come back like a retreat. I'm talking presence with all parts of you. No coaching, no fixing, no personal development, just being present with it. Did you need something? No, I was just coming to say hi. Um, if you want to increase your capacity, quit trying to escape yourself. If you want to help anybody, 
you got to help yourself first. You cannot help somebody. You cannot carry somebody else's emotional burden. You have to give them permission to suffer. Because no amount of help you give somebody who's suffering, if you're suffering too, I'm not saying you have to be well, but if you are disconnected from your suffering, it's going to be really hard to help somebody else. But if you are connected to your suffering, then you are empowered. This is one of the reasons I feel so free sharing stuff with you. I don't have a problem with my problems. My problems are glorious information. And so I'm going to use an example One in my, um, in my mastermind with my coach. <clears throat> there was a, a recent um, weekly challenge to go five days without complaining. I'm new to the group, so I didn't really want to go, nope, I'm not doing that. <clears throat> and in the personal growth field, I just made a TikTok about it, but the personal growth field demonizes something like complaining. And yeah, I get it. There's times when complaining can be toxic. And way before complaining get toxic, it's actually valuable information. And so I, I didn't tell them until after it was over, but I was like, I'm not going to take that challenge and I'm not going to poo-poo it either. What I'm going to do is every time I find myself complaining, I'm going to deeply be present with myself in that complaint and listen for wisdom, information. And I got so much more out of that challenge, then stop complaining. Because I well, I did not reject my complaining. I let it be and did not stuff it. And so it was able to move through me. So like Gabor Mate says, Mate says, don't leave it in your body. We're all stuffing all these things. And I'm not saying, oh, we need to know now, go spill them all on social media. But find your practices. Find your sacred people. We have a thing in my high-end mastermind called conscious complaining. Conscious complaining is a gift. Why am I able to? Someone sits at me and says, all this is going on, but I don't want to complain. I don't want you to leave it in your body. I'm not judging you. I'm not going to withdraw my connection from you. Because you're complaining. I actually need you to witness it, acknowledge it, and move it through your body. And then sure enough, what happens after all of that is verbally processed, (laughs) released, witnessed, held with neutrality. I didn't try to solve, I could have solved all of our problems. I didn't need to solve all our problems. Listen, listen, what else? What else? What else? What else? Just let it. Let it come out of your body. That way you're not giving it to your team. You're not giving it to your husband. You're not giving it to anybody else. You're giving it to me because I have said I will hold it without withdrawing connection. And then what happens when all that stuff that underneath her, the things that bury her, she unburies herself. She's able to reconnect, be present with her own self. And then all of a sudden, The physical energy comes back. So yeah, I know you're overwhelmed. You're not alone. It is overwhelming time. Mindset is not the answer. It might be the answer for some of you. But I have found that mindset is short-sighted. And it is empty. And as my one client said today, I asked her, I said, what do you notice is different? And she goes, oh, it feels more like a grape instead of a raisin. (laughs) Her anxiety we were looking, we were just being present with her anxiety. And she said, my anxiety feels more like a grape instead of a raisin. Ah. 
So your anxiety now feels full with your presence instead of dehydrated and thirsty. Many of you are dehydrated and thirsty. Or one minute you're fine and then the next minute at 11 o'clock in bed, you're laying in bed feeling like, oh my God, I care too much. I got to stop caring. I got to disconnect from the world. I got to disconnect from myself because it hurts too bad. You're normal. That's human. So I'll leave you with that. Reconnect with yourself. Um, it, it, it can be in the car. It doesn't have to be with some ceremony or retreat. But bring your loving, aware presence to the core of your body. My favorite phrase that is the doorway, the phrase comes from my mind, but then I'm able to drop it in. Oh, hello, anxiety. I see you. I am here with you. And I picture anxiety as a being. And I picture me and anxiety just being together. Ah, hello, scarcity. We've spent like seven, $8,000 on dogs. I did not, you know, I've had to empty my savings, part of my savings for this. Ah, hello, scarcity. I see you. Hello, grief. I see you. Hello, um, God, what did I, I felt exasperated last night. I felt absolutely helpless as far as politics goes. I was like, what's the point? Hello, exasperated, done. I see you. Let's just breathe the same air together. Can you breathe the same air as your uncomfortable emotions? I promise you, more than I've ever promised anything in my life, if you begin moving through life with all parts are welcome and reject none of you, talk about personal power. It's a new practice. It's a new practice. But that's what I want to give you. We, we may not be able to get the attachment from outside of us. And any attachment we get or connection from outside of us if we are not self-connected. Presence. And that's what I mean by connected. Presence. It will always be empty. We'll always be gasping. We'll always be dehydrated. We'll always be thirsty. And we'll always keep trying to take other people's responsibilities. We'll try to fix their stuff in order to feel better. Self-presence. I love you. Thank you for watching. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode and want to dive deeper, come check out the Soli Self-Leadership Society. It's my online coaching membership community, a networking community, a place to belong, and a place where you can be coached by me in life and business. We dive deep into the practices of both being and doing that help us create our unique version of soulful success. It's a special community of small business owners just like you, and it's where I show up and give my clients personal support at an accessible fee. Check it out at www.coachwithallison.com. As always, thanks for listening. And I want to give a special shout out to Elise Rich from Wide Awake Recordings for her sound production each week on my episodes, especially the car episodes, and for her music composition for my intro and outro. This show is sponsored by my three dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adopting when you get your next pet. 
more is not better, better is better. 